Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for a look back on today's match. This is the full-time report with the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore. Today's game is brought to you by Equifax. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. AT&T, more for your thing, that's our thing. The Home Depot, with more ways to help you take on your home projects delivered right to your door. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Dunkin' Donuts, conquer the season with Dunkin's new Atlanta United Donuts. Piedmont Healthcare and Ford. The home for MLS in Atlanta. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Here's the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore. Now the frustration continues for Atlanta United. They have now gone 10 consecutive matches without a win, five consecutive home matches without a win, and three consecutive home matches without a goal. As they lose today to Columbus, 1-0 Columbus scoring on a set piece against the run of play and then snuffing out the final 25 minutes of the match. I think it's another example, Jason, of Atlanta United, maybe starting at halftime in Cincinnati where the last, and and I don't know if you agree with this or not, so tell me, the last 120 minutes of soccer for Atlanta United, they've looked good, they've looked brave in the attack, they've looked fluid, moving well, moving off the ball better than they have been, defending relatively well, and uh, unfortunately all they have to show for it is a 1-1 draw in Cincinnati Wednesday, whereas Columbus has scored one goal in the last 180 minutes, and they have four points out of it. It's hard to figure sometimes. That's the frustrating thing about this is in the last two games, Atlanta United has 41 shots, one goal. They've only conceded two. I mean, it's not even like they're, they're sacrificing the defense to just throw numbers forward recklessly. They're defending well. A goal from, you know, a dead ball situation today, a goal on a breakdown in Cincinnati. But this week, I mean, Rob Valentino's got to be banging his head against the wall because everything is going in the right direction. There's so much good about it. But you're coming out of here with one point in two matches, and the frustration continues to mount. I hope that there is patience with it because you do feel like at some point they're going to have to come good on all of this. I mean, as you said, 41 shots in the last two games. As far as the key passes are concerned, just doing a little bit of mental math, 18, 19, 20, 21, sorry about this, 24, 26, 29 key passes in the last two games. Uh, they've had 
33 corners in the last two matches and one goal. Now, you got to tip your cap to Kenneth Vermeer a lot on Wednesday, the Cincinnati goalkeeper. He had a little bit to do with that, uh, but unfortunately some bad luck for Atlanta United today. Rob Valentino is at the podium, uh, so let's go down to him momentarily for his post-match remarks as Valentino now drops to 0-1-1 as Atlanta United's interim head coach. I would expect Valentino will sound a positive note here. Today, creating lots of chances, but just not being able to finish through um, I guess that, that the creative chance has just got to be uh, encouraging, but the finishing is just, I guess, bad luck. Yeah, I mean, we created we created a good amount of chances. I think, uh, yeah, whether it's luck or not our day, I don't, I'm not sure. Ron, you speaking of the, the chances you created, does that give the team confidence at this point in the season that they were able to kind of increase that offensive output? I would hope so. Uh, I think that the fact that they're creating the chances, they, I hope that they would just continue to fall. I mean, to get that many shots and, and not have something fall, I'm, I'm, I'm gutted for them because I think that I think they deserve something from that game. I think they deserve to win the game. I think they deserve more goals than we actually got. We didn't get any, so it's – it's just, uh, I don't know, that, that's just, that's, uh, that's frustrating for me. Can you please share what happened with Mulraney and uh, Alan Franco? Uh, Mulraney's got some, I mean, no one's 100% this time, right? Like, we're, we know that we would go into this week going with, uh, going with guys a little bit of a knock, but at the, at the moment, he didn't have anything before the game, so we thought we'd push the guys as best we could and keep the rhythm of the team. Um, but Jake had something in his foot. Um, hopefully it's nothing, any, anything serious and he can continue on training. Alan, Alan Franco, I'm not sure what happened, but he played the whole game, so I'll find out later. Okay. <clears throat> uh, what, uh, what do you see as, as being what's needed to, I guess, uh, make the, the good intentions and all the energy on offense actually translate into goals? Uh, I think just putting it in the net. As simple as that sounds, like uh, they were there. The, and, and sometimes in, in this game and at this level, the, the margin of error or the margin of chance or not chance is, is so small. Uh, I think we saw that tonight because, yeah, they had they did they did have some chances, but then they go and they score off a set piece, and, and that one is it's obviously frustrating. But it's just like you you create the chances; they were there, and it's not because they don't want to; they want to do it, and you can set you can tell by the intent. I think everyone can tell the intent of them, uh, the players. Um, and, they're, and they're getting in the right area. So, I mean, I, I can't fault their efforts. I can't fault their, their intention for creation. So, I, I know you have a lot of other concerns other than this, but how do you see the fan base here uh, kind of hanging with the team during what's the tough time and, and, uh, and hanging with the team that's having trouble scoring and creating excitement? It's fantastic. Like, I feel, I feel bad for them because we talked a lot about them before the game, uh, putting on a performance that would make them proud uh talking about seeing them happy and and no matter what you can just you hear them and they drive the crowd they, they the crowd drives us and they drive the players and and even just the the small smiles you would see before they're, they're such a huge part i said it before when i first got in this position they are the lifeblood of the club and, and they're the heartbeat of what, what we want to do um and we're, I'm, I'm disappointed for them uh as long as i'm i'm up here or i'm in the position to to help i will i will make sure that message is driven um, I'm, I'm grateful for their support. Uh, I show a lot of gratitude and 
to them because I understand that they, they spend time out of their day to come and watch us, um, whether they're here or whether they're watching on TV. Um, and, they, and they spend their money to, to come and uh, support us. So I'm appreciative of that. And uh, that's what I have to say. Rob, I have to imagine it was encouraging to see Joseph Martinez go 90 minutes. Was that always the plan for him, or was he just kind of? Saying he was feeling good, and we were able to just keep him out there. Look, you, you're silly if uh, if you want to make plans, right? In this game, and and, in, and probably in life in general. Um, mom always says, if you want to make God laugh, make plans. So uh, God was laughing tonight, but he, uh, I was checking on him. We were with medical staff, making sure he feel good. Um, and then later, towards the the second part of the second half, he kind of came over to get some water, and I, I just wanted to check on him because I thought there, I thought he had something. He still had something to give us. He always says he's dangerous, and I thought there was a goal in there for him. Just checked on how he's feeling, and he told me I'm not coming out of this game. And ultimately, obviously, he would respect it if I had to. But I was like, like you know what? If you feel that like that, let's roll with you. Let's go. Well, I mean, you can only imagine. Valentino using words like gutted, disappointed, disappointed for the fans. You can only imagine how he must be feeling right now. Again, uh, in the last two matches, um, and he's been the interim head coach, obviously, for both of these, 41 shots, 14 on target, 29 key passes, 33 corners. In the last two matches, it's produced one goal. It doesn't make sense. I mean, you can look at the XG numbers. That might be a little more telling, I guess. Um, I don't have them in front of me here, but I mean, those numbers should produce more goals. It's not happening. So I'll ask you, can you put your finger on why it's not happening? There's not an easy answer. And, and taking more shots in practice is not the answer. That, that's not the issue here. Um, Kenneth Vermeer, big saves on Wednesday. Aloy Rue made two really big saves today. Um, not as many as Vermeer did on Wednesday, but Two huge ones, the one on Eric Lopez on the pass from Marcelino Moreno in the first half and the one on Moreno's curling effort in the second half. Those are world-class saves. Um, you're getting some of that going against you. You're getting guys snatching at chances at times, rushing things a little bit in the final third, which, is again, is understandable because you're snatching at trying to find a goal right now. Um, it's just really perplexing and it'll drive you crazy because you know for a, a lot of the talk out there right now those numbers are real those are produced numbers those things are happening in these games and you see those numbers generally almost always resulting in more than one goal and they're not right now and the team has to continue with with what they're doing because what they are doing is working in a lot of different ways and again it's not at the expense of defending well because they are defending well. They, they've given up one goal a game in these last two, one from a set piece today. They are defending well as well. They're playing well enough to win games. They're not getting the goals to win games. And they have to keep going to get those goals. It feels like when they get one, maybe you get on a run here and maybe they all start to fall. You just can't buy a goal at the moment. No. It, it feels a lot like the conversations we were having early to midway through the Atlanta Hawks season. Uh, why, why aren't they losing? Or, or why are they losing all the time? What, why are they struggling to score? Well, because they aren't making shots. I mean, right. Sometimes it is just a simple explanation. Simple explanation is Atlanta United's not scoring, but when you see those numbers again, and, and forget the shot numbers for a moment, I think the key pass numbers might be – 
more revealing than anything else. 29 key passes, that's 14 and a half scoring opportunities per match, and you've only converted on one of them. Um, <clears throat> you know, sometimes it's just hard to explain, but it's enormously frustrating, I'm sure, for the team. It's enormously frustrating, I'm sure, for Rob Valentino, who is doing his level best to try to keep the messaging positive with this group right now. thought the fans today did an excellent job of trying to stay behind this team. That's going to be very important because you know what? Unfortunately, this team is about to go on a three-match road trip, and they're going to be underdogs in all three of those matches. I hate to suggest it, but this thing might get worse before it gets better. The man of the match brought to you by Heineken is Marcelino Moreno, and it feels like Moreno is just pouring everything he possibly can into these matches right now. We saw him do that Wednesday when he was brilliant at Cincinnati, and here again tonight, four shots, a team high, three shots on target, a team high, three key passes, a team high as well. Another uh, brilliant effort by Marcelino Marino. Yeah, dropping into the midfield deeper when he needed to to help build up the play. It was 9 of 10 on longer passes, most of those big switches. He was dangerous on the dribble. He created the best chance uh, that wasn't his for Eric Lopez, and he took maybe the best chance of the game, the curling effort that Aloy Room kept out. Marcelino Moreno, it's it's a shame that these performances this week are, are going to get lost in the shuffle of two results that drive you crazy because Marcelino Moreno's put up back-to-back games that are, that are as good as you're going to find right now. So Marcelino Moreno, the man of the match, brought to you by Heineken, the statistical recap, brought to you by Piedmont, official health care provider of Atlanta United. Shots were 19-10 to 10 Atlanta United. Five on target for Atlanta, three for Columbus. Only three on target, uh, and they were able to get one in on that uh, corner by Jonathan Mensah. Uh, the possession was 58-42 Atlanta. Atlanta had 11 corners to Columbus's four. Atlanta suffered 13 fouls. Columbus suffered 10. Atlanta winning 53% of, du- of the duels, passing at 86%. Another Evening, where we're talking about Atlanta United statistically dominating a match and getting nothing to show for it. But uh, statistics don't count as much as goals count. Atlanta United, unfortunately now, in their last three home matches, have scored zero goals. And they have just one point out of those three matches. We'll be back with more on the full-time report in a moment. Send us your questions and your comments at Mike Conti, 929, and at Longshoe as Atlanta United falls to Columbus this afternoon, 1-0 on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right, back at the Benz. Brooks Lennon has gone to the podium now after Atlanta United's 1-0 loss to Columbus. I think you can take, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of positives out of tonight's, um, you know, game. We moved the ball really well. Um, you know, everyone gave their best effort. Um, I think just in that final third, if we're just a little bit more clinical, um, you know, especially in the first half, um, I, think, uh, I think we can win this game. Brooks, it's now two games in a row that you guys have really put up a considerable more amount of chances. Uh, why, why, do you, why do you think that is? Yeah, I think uh, Rob wants us to pet, play very um, attacking-minded football. Um, you know, right, right when we get the ball from a turnover, he wants us uh, the first pass going forward and, and, and trying to, to create an attack. 
So, um, you know, we're going to continue that mentality in each and every game going forward. You know, you saw the game in Cincinnati where we created, you know, tons of chances, unfortunate to, to tie that game. I think we also could have, you know, gotten three points there. Um, but it's, it's good to see. It's good to see, you know, guys wanting to shoot on goal and uh, create chances. Um, so I think the numbers just speak for themselves. Uh, two kind of broad questions. First, uh, how, how, how do you think this team has responded to the coaching change? I think they've responded very well. I mean, that's that's what you have to do in professional sports. You know, things happen. Um, you know, it's a it's a mid-season change, which is which is um, you know not the best thing in the world for a team. But uh, you gotta focus on what's forward, um, and that's you know trying your best to get results. And um, you know, uh, as I said again, unfortunate tonight not to get the three points. But um, you know, I love to see the work ethic in the guys and. Um, you know, how disappointed we are in, in, in this loss. Um, but we have to take the positives out of it and, and continue working um, and giving our best effort for, for Rob and his staff. And do you have any, uh, I guess, well, concerns about uh, losing some of the momentum that this franchise built up from the beginning and losing uh, the, the rabid fan support you've had with uh, having a stretch like this where it's, it's so hard to create excitement with not scoring? No, I don't. I don't think we'll ever lose the support of our fans. Um, you know, Atlanta United has some of the best fans in the world, and I believe they're they're with us through thick and thin. So I don't think the players are worried about um, you know losing the support of of the 17s. And um, you know, we're, as I said earlier, uh, we're going to give everything for the club um, and continue to push forward to to get results and try to get this team into the playoffs. Is there uh, any concern yet? Um that the gap between y'all and the seventh place team is getting bigger, uh, that it just is going to be too difficult to overcome, even though there are games remaining? No. Okay. No, no. Uh, it's never too difficult. There's tons of games remaining. Uh, we still have, have a chance to climb up, and, uh, you know, we're never going to give up. Do you, do you look at the table at this point of the year? Like, as, as a player, I'm just kind of curious, like, when do you start kind of analyzing, you know, what the, what the standings are shaping up to be like? Yeah, I think – this is the time of year where, where teams start to, you know, separate. Um, you know, a lot of teams start going up and other teams start going down. So, um, you know, we, we, we all check it. We're all, you know, informed with what teams are, are doing well. And, um, you know, we just got to focus on ourselves. We got to focus on ourselves. And, uh, you know, I think our next game is Orlando away. And we um, got to go in there and, and get three points. I was in my earlier question, I was talking about how, you know, you've had a lot of chances in the last two games and both the last two games have also just seemed generally more open. Um, do you enjoy playing in that kind of game? Just that kind of that, that game flow more? I do. Yeah. I think it suits my style of play personally, just getting up and down the field. Um, you know, when the game's more open, I think that gives me a little bit more space to, to create chances, um, you know, in wide areas. Uh, but not every not every game is going to be like that, um, so you kind of have to adapt, adjust, um, and you know do do everything you can to to give your best effort for the team. All right, Brooks Lennon, who uh, today put in another ninety minute shift, reliably had a shot, had three key passes, which uh, co-led the team along with Marcelino Moreno, and uh, oddly Joseph Martinez had three key passes today. Uh, to co-lead the team. We'll be back in a moment with more on the full-time report. Atlanta United falling to Columbus 1-0 on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back. 
back, 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 back to the full-time report. The home for our Atlanta United is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Well, Atlanta United, again, doing everything they possibly can to create opportunities to score, and they come up empty. 1-0, they lose to Columbus this afternoon. Ten straight matches without a win for Atlanta United. Five straight home matches without a win for matches without a goal. Here are the highlights. Atlanta United's best scoring opportunity, in Jason and I's opinion, came here in the 59th minute from Marcelino, or 58th minute, rather, from Marcelino Moreno. Moreno pitching this over to the vacant right wing. A long run for Brooks Lennon. Can he get there? Santos runs it down. So does Lennon. He spikes it back now to Josetu. Down the center of the park. He'll go. It's returned to Josetu. And then Josetu connects with Joseph in the center of the park. Joseph to the top of the arc. Joseph passing to Moreno. Left side of the 18. Shot! Big save room! Out for a corner as he punched it away from the back post. Moreno almost bent that thing in. That's the hot play of the match brought to you by Scana. For over 20 years, Scana Energy has made it easy for Georgians to receive the best natural gas rates and excellent customer service. Call 877-467-2262 to sign up today. And that turned out to be, unfortunately, a very, very big save for Aloy Room because just a few minutes later in the 65th minute, an error by Brooks Lennon produces a corner and the only goal of the match coming off that corner for Jonathan Mensah. Etienne, left side of the 18, dispossessed Sosa. Sosa dribbles to the corner flag, clears up to Lennon, but then Lennon accidentally puts it over the end line for a corner. Rare mistake. So Columbus, who's taken the fewest corners in the league this year, gets their third of the match here off a Brooks-Lennon mistake deep in the 64th minute. Zellerion, who, as Jason told you, is so good on these set pieces, runs over into the far corner to strike this. Action at the goal to our right in the 65th minute. Ryan up to the ball. In swinger, top of the six, headed across the face of goal, and in by Jonathan Mensa. And Atlanta United is punished again for a mistake. It's 1-0 to Columbus. Every time this year, it seems like Atlanta United makes an unforced error, they get punished, and it's happened again. So you can hear the frustration in my voice. I feel like you sounded. Yeah, it's just so – I was going to use a bad word. It's so (laughs) frustrating. And, look, sometimes you can control your own luck. And I'm not trying to absolve Brooks Lennon for making that unforced. It was an unfortunate play. You said he was under pressure. I agree with that. He was under some pressure. So maybe unforced was a little bit hard. It was still a mistake. Right. And, um, yeah, Atlanta United, you know, completely – against the run of play, gives up that set-piece goal, and it's over. And I think that's maybe more frustrating for me than than any other aspect of that sequence, Jason, is that when Atlanta United concedes first, it's giving their opposition license to slow down and take the oxygen out of the match, which they're entitled to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and unfortunately, when you're playing against an opponent that doesn't want to play, it's going to limit your opportunities to get the equalizer and go forward from there. Yeah, that's what's so frustrating about this spot that Atlanta United is in right now because, I mean, everybody knows they're struggling to score goals. Uh, you look at the score lines, that's easy to see. So teams are coming in and saying, you know, hey, all right, we're going to sit back. We're going to make it difficult for, for you to do anything. We're going to try to hit you on the break. And that's how we're going to approach games against a- Atlanta. And it's worked. It's, it's worked for the most part. 
And that's what is difficult because that's not an easy thing to get out of. Really, the only way you get out of that if you're Atlanta United is you score early. And you score early to open the game up. And Atlanta had opportunities early. That first 30 minutes where Columbus has been their weakest defensively all season long, Atlanta had opportunities. Columbus got better as the day went on. They get the goal, and then it's absolutely comfortable for them. Atlanta just could not get the goal that they needed to open Columbus up. It feels like it's a very different game if Atlanta scored early. Maybe Zeller Ion probably doesn't come on earlier, but I think it, it, Columbus comes out of their shell more as the game goes on, which would then create more opportunities for Atlanta to attack in. They've got to find ways, and that's what's difficult because the book right now is, is pretty simple to defend Atlanta United. Sit deep. You want to bring players out to create space, it's hard to do when the book tells you to sit deep. And right. that's what teams are doing against Atlanta at the moment. Yeah, no, very good point. want to remind you that for every Atlanta United clean sheet this season, they'll donate $2,000 to Children's Health Care of Atlanta. This year's donation total is currently $6,000. I feel awful for Alec Can. I mean, he's been so close now to a couple clean sheets in these four matches where he has filled in for Brad Guzan. Can didn't have, like, a ton of work today as far as needing to make saves. In fact, uh, I think – only three shots on target for Columbus today, but Can uh, has made 17 saves out of the 22 shots he has faced in these four matches. So uh, I, I really hope and I'm optimistic for Alec Can to get a clean sheet before Brad Guzan comes back. Looks like it probably at most one more match for Can, and that's going to be Friday night in Orlando. By the time Atlanta United goes up to Montreal, the Gold Cup will be over, and unless there's some kind of reentry protocol that I'm not aware of, uh, I'd imagine Guzan is going to be available uh, a week from Wednesday in Montreal. Now, before we go to break, uh, there is this report from Teise in Argentina that Atlanta United has made a formal offer for Tiago Almeida, uh, who currently plays for Velez, which was Gabriel Heinze's club before he came to Atlanta United. But Darren Eels and Carlos Bocanegra both said last Sunday, Jason, that they wanted to add a starting caliber player in this transfer window, which is now two weeks away from closing, not commenting on the veracity of the report. That's Teise in Argentina. That's not coming from Jason and I. We're just commenting on this report. Uh, but what is, uh, what's your opinion on Almeida's potential fit for Atlanta United? Uh, Tiago Almada is a very promising young player. He's 20 years old, uh, playing for Velez. He's played a lot of significant minutes for them. He is very highly rated um, in terms of, of market values out there. He's been linked to Marseille in Liga in France, managed by an Argentine, Jorge Sampaoli. Uh, Gabriel Heinze did manage him. I'm sure that probably conversations with Velez about Almada started before Heinze was let go, I would assume. I don't think they. this has popped up out of nowhere. Uh, Almada is with the Argentine Olympic team right now, with Ezequiel Barco. So he wouldn't be able to join until that is over. Um, the question would be, you know, in terms of, of value and, and price tag, how desperate is Velez to make a move right now? And are there any other European clubs that might come in with a bigger offer? That's the part we just don't know. But Herman uh, Garcia Grova of Teise, who is a very reputable source in Argentina, has reported that Atlanta has made a formal offer for Almada. And as you say that, Anton Walks has sat down at the podium. This will be the final play 
player that we hear from this afternoon. So let's go yeah, down. Tom, what's to the, the kind of confidence level of this team, considering you went out there and created a ton of chances, um, but you know you don't get the three points, obviously, which I know you want. Firstly, uh, it's kind of heartbreaking, really. I think, even though the group had to adjust to a few changes last week, I feel like we've come along well in a few days. We've had together to you know start again. If you look at the chances, I think quickly, I think I saw, saw a stat, I think it was 19 shots or attempts. I think that's a lot more than what we've been putting up in the previous games. I feel like we are getting there slowly, but again, I think today was an opportunity for us to take it, you know, with both hands and, and find, find some momentum. Uh, can you go through, Brooks told us that that goal Columbus scored was one that y'all had scouted on film. Um, so what what was the breakdown? What happened on that? Uh, we know they like to attack the front post. After that, if they can't get a attempt on goal, they tend to try and go back post. And again, they got the first contact, and then the balls fell perfectly in the back post. Where you know I've kind of got round, but I just wasn't in a position where I could get close enough to the ball. Yeah. I think they had a few guys spare at the back post, so mm -hmm. if one guy misses it, someone's going to get there eventually. So I think we have to look at that. Because we, we knew they were going to do it and just see how we lost guys. Did guys get picked off? Was it a lack of concentration? And again, we just have to find a way to do better because ultimately it's cost us the game. Yeah. Anton, it's really the last two games since Rob has taken over that you guys have created a lot more chances um, going back to Cincinnati as well. Why, why is that? Why do, why do you think the team is able to do that right now? Tactics, what he expects from us, what he demands from us how we feel we should play, how the club's played in the past, what the club's identity is, and we need to get back to it. I think that's where the success came, and we're trying to follow in those footsteps again. So we need to be more of a front-foot team. We need to be the ones that impose the games and take it to people, especially here at home. I think, you know, I don't know how the exact, the exact number of how many fans were in here, but I'm guessing, what, close to 70 tonight? 67, I think they said. You see? So... With all our fans here, we have to make sure we're going to going after teams and killing them off. He talks about kind of getting back to basics, and uh, we've talked to other defenders under Tata and people like that. He said they were kind of a little more on an island under that system. Have you kind of felt that way as you all have kind of shifted away from perhaps uh, a man-marking system, some more zonal stuff? Um, and Columbus were able to create uh, some serious transition chances tonight. Have you felt a little more isolated at the back? I don't mind being in those situations. You have to be comfortable with feeling like that if we want to impose our style. Otherwise, there's no point in playing in our team, really. I think all the defenders have managed a way to, you know, manage it under, you know, Tata especially. I think regardless of what type of strengths they have, I think, you know, Parky, for example, one of the best defenders I think we've seen. He didn't have to rely on speed because he read the game very well. So it's one of those things where it comes with experience as well, obviously. And again, it's a change, but you know, we want we want the same goal here, so we're gonna work towards it. How have you felt about Alan Franco's performance for the last few games? It seems like he's getting more settled and improving as time goes on. Of course, he stepped up. Like, you know, guys away with international, we've had injuries, he had injuries and Again, everybody wants to be out there and do their part for the team, and he's done that. So, in all due credit to him, I get to see him day in, day out, and I know he's not finished in terms of what he's got to offer. So, hopefully, going into our next game, he can take another step in the right direction because, for sure, he's going to help the team out if he can do that. 
ask Brooks this, but I'd like to get your opinion too. Um, there's still a lot of games remaining, but is there any concern that y'all are following uh, too far behind uh, the seventh place team for, for the playoff spots? Uh, when you look at it, it looks bad. But I think, you know, part of football is everyone's going to have their spell where they feel the pressure and, you know, we're feeling it right now. There's no denying it. And again, I think it's easy to keep speaking about it, but I know what we are capable of and I believe all it'll take is one or two wins and the momentum will change and shift very quickly, especially with, you know, Rob being here and just how open he is with us and what he demands from us. I think guys have got a smile on their face every day now. You know, everyone's a bit more re-energised because of Rob. I think he knows everybody even better than, you know, what our previous manager did. And again, it's just that, you know, mutual respect we've got for him. I think we want to fight for him a little bit more because he is a great guy, man. That's one thing I'm going to say about him. Great person, great human being, and we owe it to him right now. Yeah, and, and they are trying for him. And again, I think you're hearing Anton, and I think he's done a great job of this with the captain's armband. And you've heard Rob Valentino these last two matches. These guys are trying very, very hard to stay positive. I think there's more self-belief in the work that has been put in and the realization that um, hopefully, hopefully, eventually, uh, the goals and the results are going to come. But it seems like there's more confidence in the work that they have put in to get to that point. Yeah, I don't think they were lacking for confidence in the work that they put in under Gabriel Heinze either. I think that's what's made it a little bit easier for Rob Valentino to come in and not have to focus on fixing that side of things. Of course, the goals need to come. Don't don't get it twisted. But it's not like you're changing the ideas of the way the team plays. That part is pretty well established. That part is solid. That part is producing 41 shots in the last two games. You need to find the goals for it. But the attitude is different. And that is a big difference that will help them during this time greatly. And they have to stay positive because the play is deserving of more than they're getting right now. So you can't deviate from that. There's, there's not something else to do from a tactical perspective to go score more goals because they're creating the chances, they're getting the shots, they're testing the goalkeepers. You have to continue and you have to keep going. And, yes, there's going to be little mistakes you have to clean up, like Anton Walks talked about on the set piece. It was something they had scouted. It was something they had seen. It still happened, and it still went against them. That can't happen. They have to fix those things. But when we're talking about little mistakes here and there, the run of play is good. The little mistakes are hurting them at times because there's no goals. Okay, uh, we'll come back with your questions and your comments in a moment. Send them in at Mike Conti 929 And at Longshoe with a full-time report, we'll continue in just a moment. After Atlanta United's 1-0 loss to Columbus on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with more full-time report on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right, uh, 1-0 Atlanta United falling to Columbus this afternoon as we return on the full-time report. Let's get to some of your questions and comments, and you can send them in at Mike Conti 92.9 and at Longshoot. Drew Gonneau says, uh, one or two plays aside, but Chol's off-ball play has got to improve. What do you think? Yeah, it does. I thought he was better today than on Wednesday in Cincinnati. Uh, the first half, he really struggled up there. I thought he was, was good in the second half in the limited time that he was in. He was better today, um, and it was kind of reversed. I thought he was better early and then kind of drifted out of the game a, a little bit. He's got to be, you know, and look, he's, he's only got a handful of professional games under his belt. 
but he has to be more confident in the final third. He's deferring to others consistently, and even to the point that he's not making runs off the ball. I think Machop has a lot more to give. The the works there, the defensive side has been very good. That's been something that's been positive to see because it's not his strong suit. But in the final third, I want to see more confidence from Machop Joel. Matt Wagner wants to know, what's going on with Sosa? He has not been the same player as of late. I don't think he's been bad by any stretch. Um, he has played a lot of minutes, and they add up over time. And he's a player who is asked to do a lot. Um Today, I mean, he was very involved. He was 79 of 90 in his passing. He was 9 of 17 in duels. He won 5 of 7 in the air, 4 of 10 on the ground. Um, long passing, he was 10 of 11, so he was switching the point of attack very well. He had a chance created. You know, Santiago Sosa is a, a great player, but he is a holding midfielder. You know, I, I think it's it's kind of the same conversation that, that has come up at times with Darlington Nagby where – you know, people would always say, like, well, why isn't Nagby doing more? Why isn't he doing more? Because that's what he does. He, he's that player who, who sits a little bit deeper, and he connects things. Sosa sits even deeper than Nagby generally, and he's a connector. I don't know if he's as effective if he pushes forward higher. Yeah, but I, I've seen that comment made about Sosa in a couple different places. I, I don't know what I'm missing. I, I have not really seen that much of a change in his way. He was a very, very standout strong player for Atlanta United when the year started mm -hmm. and maybe he was new yeah and, and maybe that distorted things a little bit I think he's been very consistent I, I think, think even today he was good I think he's been good I think defensively there are times where people get in behind him there are times when he takes a bad angle those are things that happen when you are in Sosa's case I think about 35 games into a pro career over a few years you know this is the most he's played regularly in his career and he's got to keep playing through it but yeah there's things defensively he can clean up on the ball I have no problems with him uh Michael Bucklew says thought the team played about as well as anyone could expect the only thing missing is those finishes the chances are up and at some point they will go in I think that's been the theme of the full-time report this yeah afternoon. the chances are, are there are more chances being created there are better chances being created there are more shots resulting from actions on the field. There are more shots on goal from those actions. I mean, all of those things are up. The production is not there. You know, I, there, there's really no other explanation at this point because you're doing everything else better and you're not getting the goals to show for it. King West says, we are slow. I saw a play when Moreno got the ball and delayed going forward. They should all start making a big break when you get that kind of space not the slow buildup. We don't have the players to make crisp passes like that. Yeah, I saw Matt Doyle created this uh, the storyline as well on Twitter during the match. Um, I have not gotten the sense in the last two games uh, of anything about a slow buildup. You can't just take off in straight lines every time that you, you win the ball. That's not very realistic. It's not very safe. If the ball turns over and you do that, you can see goals. And again, defensively, this team's been very good. They're not lacking for getting numbers forward. They're not lacking for the chances they're creating over these last couple of games. So I, in the past, sure. And, and that was happening, especially in the middle time frame of Gabriel Heinze's time, where I felt like they were in their head a little bit too much. They were focused on the positional play. They were focused on the, the positioning on the pitch more so than getting forward quickly. 
Uh, that didn't even happen towards the end of, of his run, and it hasn't happened in these last two games. If they go faster and more recklessly, then you're going to concede more. Right. And, and it, it's one or the other because just going fast doesn't always mean you're creating better opportunities. I think Marcelino Moreno has been incredibly brilliant these last two games, and I am really not seeing – much to complain about when it comes to his play in the last 180 minutes. Yeah, we've been talking about the numbers over the last two matches. 41 shots for Atlanta United, 14 on target, 29 key passes, 33 corners. They've doubled their season average and expected goals to 1.6. Joe Laszlo counters by saying, well, those were all stats against Cincinnati that were bloated. Um, I don't think that's true. Uh, we've given you the raw numbers from today, but do you want to – I mean, it's it's two games. It's not one game. I mean, it's it, you know. I mean, it, look, people want to pick things apart right now, and I understand it because the results are not good and the goals are not there, and I totally get it. And that's going to be a, a storyline until the results change and until yeah. the goals happen. So, I get it. You can twist it however you want. I think they're playing better in the attack over these last two games, and you can even go back a, a little bit before that. I think the attack has improved significantly in the way that they're playing. The production is not there for the way that they're playing. That's the part that will drive you crazy. I think you could hear it in Anton Walks' voice. You could hear it in Rob Valentino's voice. They're doing so many things correctly and not getting anything to show for it that it will drive you crazy, and they can't allow that to happen because they have to keep going and keep building and keep improving. Joshy says, we looked way better than we have this year or last. They are trying. He says, though, let's just stop the same play of passing to Lennon every time, like throw a few different plays in there every now and then to throw the opposition off. They're not really doing that anymore in these last two games. That was a, a very big focal point under Gabriel Heinze. It was a, a, a pattern of play that they worked on a lot. I didn't see as much of that this time around. Um, in the first half, they were doing it to attack a player who was playing left back, who's not a left back. And when Matan would drop back to help defend, yeah, they were running it at, at those two. But that's a good matchup that you want to run at. That's one that you want to feed. When things started to change as the game went on, that wasn't as much of a focal point. In Cincinnati, I didn't feel like that was the only focal point in the way the team built up play. Andy Edwards says, we're getting many decent crosses, but not the lethal ones we used to see. He feels like Atlanta needs to work quickly and hit more early crosses. Ronald Hernandez hits more early crosses. That is true. Um, when he hit good early crosses, people weren't getting on the end of all of them either. And, you know, some of it is down to Joseph. His timing is still not there. And that was an issue earlier in the season. And it, it was an issue today because there were multiple times that I thought good delivery was put in that, that he would be able to, if not win, be there to force a defender to challenge him. And it wasn't happening enough. And, and I think some of it is down to rustiness, especially right now because he, he hadn't played very much uh, since he went to – Venezuelan national team duty so that will mess you up a little bit but um, it was a struggle early in the season too and I thought it was getting better before he went on national team duty and now you've got to rebuild that that rhythm uh, Zachary says Atlanta's looking better but the attacking unit needs a boost he says other than Joseph the attackers just aren't producing uh, I, I don't know about that um Joseph created three chances today, but Joseph wasn't very threatening in front of goal. And I don't think that's anybody else's fault for that, really. Um, 
and and again, you have to be fair and patient with Joseph because he played. I thought he was improving his play before he went to national team duty. He played pretty well. He scored a goal that was called back for being offside, uh, or called back for a handball that I thought was a, a dubious call with Venezuela in qualifiers. And then he tested positive for COVID, and he didn't train, let alone play. And then you had the issue with Gabriel Heinze. So it had been a long time. His rhythm's off. So, I mean, I don't think Joseph is playing that great at the moment. He found other ways to contribute today, and that's a credit to him. But in front of goal, which is what he's paid to do, he wasn't as strong as we've seen him even this season. Again, to be expected, I understand it. But others are creating opportunities and, and creating saves from goalkeepers as well. I think Moreno has done that more than he's done this season. I think he's picking up that slack. I think others are as well. It needs to be more consistent and Ultimately, somebody has to find the back of the net. And one more from Abby. Uh, she gave a shout to Sadich for playing well. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Uh, she also liked to see Anton Walks pushing forward as much as he was at the end. It showed his passion to win the match today. You could just hear it in his voice. I, I, I feel awful for Anton Walks because he, he's leading this team in a tough spot right now, and he is trying to lead by example. And he was trying to do everything he possibly could late in the game. You know, had that one moment where he got caught flat-footed after he had pushed up high because he's in an attacking midfield spot and he's not an attacking midfielder. Walks is leaving everything out there, and so many of these players are. There's nothing to question effort or heart or commitment out of this group right now. Uh, The performances these last two matches – you take the scoreboard out of it, the performances in these last two matches, you just watch that aspect of it, and you would think that they've got six points. They don't. They've got one. Which is very, very frustrating because you are seeing the improvement, but I think it's also a testament to how tough this league is and how tough the Eastern Conference is, quite frankly. That's, uh, that's something that really, really stands out to me. Okay, uh, we'll take one final break. We'll come back. We'll look ahead to Friday's match in Orlando as Atlanta United today suffers a 1-0 loss to Columbus Crew on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Should be it. That is it. Full time. This is the Full Time Report on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right, so Atlanta United plays Columbus and uh, loses 1-0 this afternoon at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Again, 67,500, the announced attendance here today, which is the largest crowd in this league since the 2019 MLS Cup Final. In fact, it's the largest uh, professional sports crowd. When you, And I know the Indy 500 people, the Kentucky Derby people, are going to fight out. back on this. So Watch out. I want to be really, really clear. That I'm talking about NFL, Major League Baseball, National Hockey League, and the NBA, and MLS. Largest of those five leagues since January of 2020. It's also the uh, highest attended club match in the world since March of 2020. Uh, So now Atlanta United goes on this three-match road trip. These are all going to be really tough matches. Starts in Orlando on Friday. Then the following Wednesday in Montreal and the following Saturday in Columbus. It's going to be really, really tough to get results in any of those three. Let's zero in, though, on Orlando. They got a little wobbly, okay? They they lost to Red Bulls. Then they got three goals scored on them by Chicago up at Soldier Field. Atlanta United knows that feeling. Then they drew with Toronto, but they got a good bounce-back 2-1 win in a weather-delayed match earlier this week against Philadelphia. They're going to play New York City tomorrow. 
Daryl DK still with the men's national team unless they were, God forbid, to get knocked out tomorrow. DK will not be with them. Uh, we were talking during the break, Chris Mueller on a pre-contract with Hibbs. Could he potentially go there with the Scottish season starting in time for this? We, we don't know. There's been some talk about Hibbs trying to get that deal done before the transfer window closes to get him in as soon as they can. But what do you make of the Lions? They got a little wobbly. That felt like a really big result for them on Thursday. Yeah, they're dangerous, uh, as we know, with a uh, player, Mauricio Pereira, with Nani, that they can – have those individual moments that we've seen go against Atlanta United here lately. But defensively, they're not at their best. And the questions will be when the lineup comes out tomorrow, especially with Robin Janssen, is he going to be ready to go? Is he going to be wearing a mask to play in? Is that going to affect him? They have had to move things around, though. They have gotten Joao Moutinho back into the team. And they've also signed Emmanuel Moss, who was last with Boca Juniors. So they've upgraded defensively, and they're trying to get that push. We, we've watched Orlando over the years, and we've watched Oscar Pereja teams, frankly, over the years, get to this point in the season, be playing very, very well, and they hit that lull. They, they, they get wobbly, as you said. Is Orlando out of that now? Or are they going to go confidently into the second half of the season? Or are they, as we've seen at times, going to get more conservative as the year goes on, get more defensive, look to defend and counter. Where are they in that transition, or is it not going to be that kind of a transition this year? Well, Jason and I will be down at Exploria Stadium in Orlando. That match will be Friday night. We'll be on the air with the pregame show at 7.30. 8 o'clock will be the kickoff, the second of three meetings this year between Atlanta United and Orlando City. Remember, they played to a scoreless draw down in Orlando to open the season on April 17th. That will do it for this afternoon. For our producer, Dylan Matthews, our engineer, Miller Pope, and for Jason Longshore, I'm Mike Conti. Again, Atlanta United falls to Columbus 1-0 this afternoon, and we will see you Friday night here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. You've been listening to MLS Action of our Atlanta United. Tune in for complete match day coverage all season long. The home for our Atlanta United is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.